Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of Storytime for Weirdos. This episode is entitled Banished, Part 1. Todd stifled a sob. He thought he was done crying, but the view out the back of the military transport kept showing him a panorama of the valley, a reminder of the home he would never see again. He had started crying when his name was called that morning in the school gym. The tests had been weeks earlier, an eternity in the minds of the 12-year-olds, but everyone knew what was happening when the principal general had announced an assembly. Someone had failed a test. The humiliation and fear of being escorted from his school by armed guards was almost too much to bear, but everyone had stories of kids that had resisted or ran. The guards were serious and would shoot. He had cried more at his home. His father had refused to look at him, and his mother sobbed so hard she couldn't even speak to say goodbye. He packed a change of clothes, a bottle of water, an apple, some cheese, and crackers in a haze of tears. Now, though, he wished he'd stop crying. He could feel the contempt of the guards, big, gruff men, unlike him in every way. It was getting dark, and the twists and the turns of the road hid the view of the valley. Todd started to breathe normally. The sobbing subsided. He must have dozed off because he woke with a start when the transport stopped. The head guard, the other guards called him Sarge, poked his head into the back of the transport. Put a zip on his feet. Don't want him running in the night, he said. We'll camp tonight and release him into the no-go tomorrow. The guards bound his ankles with a plastic pull tie and hauled his feet onto the bench. You sleep here tonight, freak. No peeping on real men one of the guards said. The other guard laughed crudely as they left him in the dark. As he lay in the cold, Todd thought about the tests. What had he done wrong? He wasn't the strongest, most skilled boy in his school, but he was good at running and shooting. He had finished in the top ten in the run. The other boys had complained that their arms were sore from the blood draw that morning, but Todd had shot a personal best that day. He agonized over the failure for a long hour before drifting off into a troubled sleep. He woke to the light in his face and Sarge yelling, Time's up! Let's get this done and go home! Cut the zips and we'll get this over with! The guards climbed into the transport and removed the plastic bindings. As Todd rubbed his wrists in relief, he was half shoved, half carried out of the transport. The road ahead was blocked by a cyclone fence topped with razor wire. Sarge stood by an open gate in the fence. The rest of the guards were lined up on either side of him. Now, what you're going to do, Sarge said to him, you're going to walk through this gate and up the road, and you're going to keep walking. If Jim, Sarge gestured at one of the guards, sees you leave the road, he will shoot you. Jim held a large rifle with a scope. He looked at Todd grimly. Do you understand? Sarge asked. Todd nodded. Good, now let's go. Todd walked solemnly through the gate. There was a lump in his throat, but no tears. 
He walked down the middle of the road, not wanting to even give the suggestion he might leave it. He continued walking for what felt like an eternity. He refused to look back, not wanting to tempt Jim and his rifle. After cresting the third hill, Todd realized he couldn't be visible from the gate anymore. He stopped, looked back to confirm, and then he relieved himself. It had been a long night. He took a sip of water and ate the apple that he had packed. As he continued walking, he tried to recall what he knew of the no-go. It was an area between the homeland and the cities. No one lived there, and both sides patrolled it. Children who failed the tests were taken to the no-go and released. No one ever said what happened to them. It was assumed that they died. Joey, a boy Todd knew, once told him the cities patrolled the no-go for children from the homeland to feed to the drag queens. Todd didn't know what that meant, but it sounded bad. He stopped. Did the road go to the cities? Todd did not want to go to the cities. The people in the cities were evil, godless, homosexuals. Sarge had told him to stay on the road, had threatened to kill him if he didn't. He had been conditioned to follow the orders of any adult. The punishment for disobeying was swift and harsh. However, everyone he'd ever known said the cities were a frightening, evil place. As Todd stood in the middle of the road, wrestling with his opposing fears, he noticed a humming sound. It grew louder as Todd set his dilemma aside and looked around. He gasped and fell backwards when he saw it, a small black rectangle hovering above him. He picked himself up and ran towards the trees about a hundred yards from the edge of the road, Jim and his rifle forgotten in his fear. In the cover of the evergreens, Todd stopped to recover his breath. His parents, like everyone else, watched the news constantly. Most of the time, it was stories about churches helping people or a fire being put out by firefighters. But sometimes, there was a story about the technological terrors that the cities were developing. The floating black box resembled just such a mechanical nightmare. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Storytime for Weirdos, a bi-weekly podcast with new episodes posted on the first and third Saturday of every month.